0: We'd like to begin with a land acknowledgement. Disrupting place acknowledges that we live and labor on indigenous land. Manny lives and works on Kawia territory, renamed the San Jacinto Mountains. Ashley and myself work on the unceded land of the Gabrielino Tongva people, sovereign indigenous stewards to Tongvangar, renamed the Los Angeles Basin and South Channel Islands. We offer this land acknowledgement as the first of many steps we all need to collectively take toward reparations. To learn about what unceded lands you are currently inhabiting, visit Native Lands Digital Mapping Project. We will have a link to this resource in our show notes.
1: Hi everyone, this is Disrupting Place, the podcast holding space for open and educational conversations about the relationship, tension, and gap between architecture and social justice. Hi everyone, I'm Ashley,
0: an architecture and gender studies student, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, Aya. Hi lovely folks, my name is Shada, and I'm an educator-scholar who focuses on intersectional body politics. My pronouns are she, her.
2: Greetings, folks. My name is Manuel, but I prefer Manny, and I, too, am a college educator and emerging clinical sexologist focused on the studies of gender and sexuality and race and ethnicity. My pronouns are he, him, his, and...
1: All right. so we're gonna start with live greetings. Hello, you two wonderful human beings. I'm so happy we're all in the same space together. We have been planning for this moment for many months, and I'm so excited that we're here. We're all present for this moment, and I just wanna start off um, by saying how grateful I am for you both being here, Um, but I wanna check in with each other in our spoons today. So would anyone like to start on their spoon count?
0: Sure. I am, yeah, I just want to affirm, very, very excited. This was a dream, Ashley, that you had for us and you brought us all together. And so I'm just super excited. Um, I am doing well today. My spoon count is high and I'm happy and energized and um, just excited to be in digital space with all of you.
2: I too want to mimic what uh, Shada had shared um, in reflecting about our work and and where we are with this project and seeing it come to uh, completion or ignition. Ashley, I recall having a conversation with you months ago, Mm -hmm. way back about your ideas and putting this into practice and applying what you are learning in the classroom, Um, but then also into real life, I think really speaks to the scholar that you are becoming as a student. So I wanna Mm -hmm. acknowledge your work here and say that, I, and, and I know Shada as well, um, I, I'm proud of you. So um, keep up the great work. But um, I too am excited about this work. This is a trial run, as you say. Um, and so I'm, I'm comfortable being in the space. I'm okay today. Um, it's been a hectic morning, um, <laughs> considering yesterday, as I was sharing with Ashley. Um, but today's a new day. Today's a new afternoon, and uh, we'll take it as it comes so thank you for sharing space with me today
1: that was beautiful i'm gonna have a crying voice for the rest of the recording (laughs) so excited well yeah i think we're all very happy to be just being able to share this space together digitally and hopefully just create this new platform for ourselves um to be able to have these conversations but also share it with A brand new group of people from wherever they want to come from and hopefully share that space with us as well Um, and join us on this journey because even though we've been planning and planning, we don't know where it's going to go, but I think that's the most exciting part of it all. So um, I think for this first episode, we can start by sharing a little bit about ourselves with our community um, just so they can get to know us a little better and they understand where we're coming from, what we each specialize in, and what we hope to bring to each conversation. So I can start. Um, as I said, I'm an architecture student. I have a minor in gender and sexuality studies, and the reason we're all here together is because I've had the privilege of learning from these two people um, that have opened up so many avenues of thought and questions, and um, we hope to bring that to this platform. So. Why don't we go around first and talk about, you know, what our current positions are and what identity markers, um, what your intersectionality is so people can get to know us better.
0: Sounds great. I'll go first. And by the way, just for folks that are listening, like we all have (laughs) the biggest smiles on our faces and are so excited (laughs) right now. I just want to like name that, um, that visual, so Mm -hmm. Hi, y'all. Again, my name is Shada. I'm an educator, scholar, and writer, and I identify as a disabled, mad, queer femme of color. Um, I think it's really critical to name and center these identities. Um, One, because I think it's important for students to know that they're being taught by a disabled person. But two, I think these are identities that often get erased. And so naming them is a powerful um, political act. I'm currently an assistant professor of ethnic and um, in in the ethnic and women's studies department um, at Cal Poly Pomona. And I specialize in gender and sexuality studies and disability studies. And that's me. Beautiful. Manny, would you
1: want to go next?
2: Oh, sure, sure. Um, I'm a first-generation college graduate, first in my family to go to college. I identify as a proud, unapologetic, educated, gay, Latino man. Um, I, too, teach at Cal Poly Pomona in the Ethnic and Women's Studies Department and at Cal State San Bernardino in the Gender and Sexuality Studies Program. I've been doing this for roughly six years now. I'm also working on becoming a certified sex and couples Therapist specializing in topics of gender and sex therapy for queer communities and people of color.
1: Okay, so um, yeah, I'll go next. Um, so I think what's most important for me to share about my identity is that I'm a first-generation Latina here in this country. Um, I really wanna point out that I am light-skinned, that I am white passing, and I recognize the privilege of my appearance and the privilege of my education in this country and what that means um, within academic spaces specifically. Um, And I hope that by acknowledging my privilege, um, and learning from marginalized communities. I can continue to advocate for them in every medium that I can. Um, so that maybe we don't have these conversations anymore. Right. And maybe the conversations become something much more critical. Um, so that's me. Um, so why don't we go around then and share where we've studied and where we got our scholarly beautifulness from.
0: So I can go first, Um, this is Shada. I actually started my journey also at a Cal State. I went to um, Cal State Northridge and actually I transferred from a community college. I got my bachelor's and master's in English. Um, So focusing specifically in writing poetry and then I transferred to do my um, doctoral work in cultural studies at Claremont Graduate University. So all within not far distance of Cal Poly Pomona. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, Um, like I said, I'm a Cal Poly Pomona student. I transferred over in 2017 from community college. um, And I believe two years ago, I added my minor in gender and sexuality studies. And that's what's really informed what I do in studio and in my architectural history courses and I'm very thankful for adding those that minor because it really altered everything like my whole academic path and I'm so excited for what's left to come. Manny what about you?
2: Yeah much like uh, you all my colleagues I'm a product of the community college um, several years back to which then I transferred to Cal Poly Pomona and got my bachelor's in psychology and minor in multicultural studies. So I'm teaching in the department that I got a minor in, which is mm-hmm. nice <laughs> um, and I'm humbled by. Um, after that, I went to, uh, I moved to New York City uh, and got my master's in psychological counseling uh, from Teachers College at Columbia University. Uh, then I moved back to California and got my uh, uh, second master's and my PhD in education also from the Claremont Graduate University, much like my colleague Shada.
1: All right, so I think what um, is also important to share is where we've dedicated our time, um, not just what we've studied and what we have come to know, but where we really dedicate our extracurriculars and how we share space um, within our communities. Um, so Shada, why don't you share, you know, how you participate in different
0: things? Sure. And, you know, I was really thinking about this question. And I came back to the idea over and over again, that all of my research really focuses on our bodies, um, both in how our bodies are regulated and disciplined by mechanisms outside of ourselves. um, But then also how we can use our bodies as vehicles for transformation, for change making for rebellious activism, right? And so Um, in that large umbrella, I publish and do a lot of research and writing around disability and math studies, um, looking at queer disabled folks of color who are artists and activists. And if I can do a loving, shameless plug, um, all of this work has kind of culminated in a book project that's coming out on on November (laughs) Yeah, just for folks, who like we're all doing like the ASL claps, like (laughs) going right here. Um, But it's called Crip Kinship, the Disability, Justice and Art Activism of Sims Invalid. And it's coming out through Arsenal Pulp Press on the 9th of next month. Yay. And we're
1: so excited and we're going to keep promoting the book. So you will get tired of hearing of it. But that means you have to buy it because you're going to see how wonderful an incredible Shada is. Um, so we'll be coming up to that soon. Um, Manny, how, what about you? Why don't you share You know what you participate in?
2: Sure, sure. Uh, at the moment, I'm focused on completing an anthology with Cognella Publishers um, titled Queering Higher Education, The Queer Trans People of Color Experience. I'm working on this uh, work with a colleague uh, scheduled to be published in spring of 2022 and I hope to use the textbook uh, in its first publication or its first edition by next year in the fall. Um, My past research uh, has really examined and really investigated uh, topics of gender, sexuality, and race, ethnicity among Latinx, Latina, and Latino college students, uh, primarily among uh, gay men and their experiences related to masculinity and the role that uh, Machismo has had on their ability to obtain uh, higher education.
1: That's incredible. And I'm so excited to be able to share this space with you two, geniuses, wonderful geniuses. Um, Well, I'll go, because I'm a student, obviously, I haven't, you know, dedicated myself to these amazing projects like yourselves, but I've really taken the time in my extracurriculars to dedicate Um, time and volunteering for organizations that are really dedicated to making institutional changes um, at our college and in the field that I, you know, will soon be a part of. Um, So especially regarding last year, there was a lot of momentum in really acknowledging and taking accountability for the lack of representation, the lack of inclusion in our, in these academic spaces. So I'm a part of the diversity assessment and plan of action for the College of Environmental Design. I'm the NOMAS networker. We just started our chapter last year and this year I'm the networker and bringing in events and wonderful women that are practicing in the architecture field. to kind of empower female students and remind them that there is a community out there of people that wanna make a difference. Um, I'm also on Girl Squad for Women's Resource Center, dedicated to, again, representing community um, with women of all uh, majors at our campus. Um, as well as a student rep on two committees for the Inclusive Excellence Council, uh, making changes university-wide. And I recently became the advocacy chair at the Association for Women in Architecture and Design. So I'm very excited for (laughs) how all these things have come together for me. Um, And thankfully, we're we're seeing slow and steady change. But it's it's happening. Um, And now we have this podcast. So, okay, so... Um, I think what's important for people to know as well, not just how we identify and what we've done, but why we're here in the first place, why this sort of work has um, really come to our attention and why we feel it's so necessary to dedicate time and space to it. Um, so Manny, why don't you share You know why you got into the work that you're in now?
2: Sure, sure. Um, as an educator, and even more so now as a practicing clinician or, or clinician in training, I would say, um, there I'm troubled and disturbed by the lack of professors and clinicians of color, mm. specifically working with marginalized communities, um, and also those to those who are working to eliminate um, community and and cultural barriers in terms of um, providing Spanish bilingual services and counseling, which is something that I'm um, looking forward to doing or that I'm practicing doing. Um, But then also even to a smaller percentage, um, folks uh, who are in these roles who are members and who identify as, uh, as queer. Right? I, I recall mm-hmm. looking back into my college years and there weren't very many people who looked like me um, in professor roles and counseling roles. Um, so with this regard, visibility and representation matters, you previously shared, Ashley. So um, yeah. how I situate myself in this work, I think is largely due to um, helping others who have helped me get here. Um, and it's been a, a humbling experience, but even as, as the work Still needs to be done. Um, it's it's just it's never ending, which is motivating me in itself to continue uh, being in the work that I'm in now.
1: Mm-hmm. Very well put. Yeah, Shida, what about you?
0: I love the crossover um, and the similarity because I I am very much here because of disabled queer faculty. Um, who made me feel rooted and at home in a university setting that was new and difficult to navigate at times, and so I am very much in this work, um, and I'm doing this work because of my identities and because I had this desire to see myself and my community's knowledge and wisdom reflected, mm-hmm. and so I I arrive from a personal place and then I stay for a very um, political loving. Um, and, and communal reason?
1: So yeah, very similarly, I think as a student, um, it is it is troubling to not recognize as many female names and female instructors um, in my academic journey thus far, um, including my two years at community college. It felt um, very lacking, and something that's been very um, Pas- a passion project kind of for me is making sure that things like case studies which is very important in architecture courses um seeking out precedence um that isn't by white men um has been a journey and it's still an ongoing issue even now as I bring it up to my college um, that I adore dearly but it there's still so much work to be done and so I think for me is just Um, again, making a platform and um, initiating conversations on um, accountability and action um, and reparations, because I don't think that if this weren't an issue that I'd be dedicating my whole um, academic uh, career to it. Um, It is interesting to think about what else I would be passionate about if it weren't this. Um, but here we are, and I, and I am passionate about um, creating more representation and creating more conversation on action, um, not just at um, an academic level, but beyond that, um, because there's not enough to look forward to once I enter the field. So it's great to be in this space with you two um, and be able to, um, to start that together. Um, so let's go a little bit lighthearted, right? (laughs) So let's share a little bit more, um, about ourselves. Um, we can share our hobbies with our audience and maybe they'll relate on some level on what we like to do in our pastime. Um, so Shada, why don't you share?
0: Yeah, of course. I, I'm a nerd at heart. I love (laughs) writing. I love researching. (laughs) I love reading, um, I do very much, um, like making art and finding time for loving body affirming movement. Um, and then just like the fem magical practice of doing my nails is very meditative <laughs> and very relaxing. And so, um, those are kind of some of the, the hobbies and things that I just, I just love doing. And that give me life on a daily basis.
1: I love that. Um, for me, I've found that passed down from my dad, I really love to work with my hands. Um, probably, obviously, because I'm an architecture student, more on the creative side as opposed to a more technical approach. But I do love painting. I love getting my hands dirty. I love gardening. I love just being in connection with like materials and textures and things like that and making something that came from a couple little things, right? Like putting something together and making it my own so those things really bring me peace and bring me joy um and when I have the brain capacity I love to read I can fly through as many books as I can (laughs) right now in the semester not so much but when I really feel free and at peace I love reading um and just spending time in another place right in another world Manny what about you
2: uh I mirror some of what y'all had had previously shared for me um holistic wellness is has become very important specifically uh, even more so now during the the pandemic and and being home um and being quarantined um finding things to bring peace and wellness to my day despite the the stress and um other things that that go on in, in my personal life um i i enjoy yoga even though sometimes my pup's uh, interrupt that. <laughs> um, a colleague of mine is teaching me Reiki and how, how to do that and, and, and um, the connection to the mind. Um, meditation here, where I live, there is uh, tons of hiking trails, so I will often do that. Uh, interval training, uh, exercise, um, but also I'm an introvert at heart, so being at home with my little ones and finding small projects to do um, has has been very exciting around the house both in and out and then before bed I've, I've uh, become a master at finding something small to read that is not on my phone and that is not electronic um, mm-hmm. I have plenty of, of things that I need to catch up on I buy books but I don't read them so it's a downfall, <laughs> perhaps um, but those are some of my some of my uh, larger hobbies that I've tried to invite into my day and be kind and tender with myself.
1: I love that. And I love that note at the end. But speaking of little ones, Manny, why don't you share who you just had on your lap recently?
2: Um, (laughs) I had my uh, now two-year-old pup, Oliver, who is a Yorkie, Yorkshire Terrier. He's right here kind of resting. (laughs) Um, A handful and then my uh, small Chihuahua Maddox, who I rescued, um, who, I, who is also a lot of work, both are, but <laughs> they bring me joy and um, I'm happy to have them. I, I say to myself, they are the reason, a large part of the reason why I wake up in the morning, because as an introvert, I could sleep all day. But they are my life, and I'm just not thinking for myself. I'm thinking for two other little ones. So I know that they depend on me.
1: That's beautiful. We love codependency with our pets. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of codependency, my dog Maple is trying so hard to squeeze into this little nook of a closet that we're in right now um she's trying her best but I have maple I just got her in December and she really is my co-pilot in all things she brings me so much peace and knows when I need her so she's gonna be she's gonna be with us during recordings um and she's definitely on this journey with us (laughs) yeah she's our little guide um and we also have Stitch who. He's a little menace to society, but he's also a little angel, you know, um, and he's 12 years old and he's around here somewhere. But yeah, I can relate that, you know, they're they're trouble, but they're they bring so much joy to our lives. So I wanted to highlight them because, you know, little pups are great. They're great. Shada, what
0: about you? Well, we have our little pup Baldwin sleeping behind me. And we have two cats when we recently rescued Phoebe and our cat. that grew up with Baldwin, our dog, and his name is Soli. And so, (laughs) yes, very much a part of our daily lives. And, um, I feel like sometimes we just don't deserve all of their love (laughs) and tenderness and like unconditional amazingness, but those are, those are our babies.
1: Yeah, I I definitely have to apologize to Maple. I'm like, today is a very busy day, but I promise I will give back to you tomorrow. (laughs) She's very forgiving. So thankfully, you know, we're we're good on that. Um, So something that I want to end on, um, in terms of sharing a little bit about ourselves is what brings up brings us hope. Um, And I think that it's important to highlight because I think that's a main reason that has brought us here together and why we believe in this project so much um so Shada, why don't you share you know what gives you
0: hope today yeah I mean when when I read this question I immediately thought of a quote um by Miriam Kaba and and the quote is hope is a discipline and it's a practice um that you need to engage with on a daily basis and just kind of thinking about what has gone on today um, in the morning, I'm thinking about hope as the thing that keeps us going in the most communal and loving ways. So hope for me today as of right now is the magic of community.
1: That's beautiful. Manny, what about you? What gives you hope?
2: Sure, I will uh, first say my pups. I am always hoping for um, a better life for them. And as a result of that, I, I have to be well too, right? Mm-hmm. In, 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 in multiple regards, spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, physically. Um, so there's that portion, but then also students like yourself, Ashley, right? Um, I think they're considering our socio-political climate right now. Like y'all are the next generation to make change and create change and disrupt stuff, <laughs> right? Challenge things and so when when challenge traditional ideas of what what's what is and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think a lot of my students, even more so now, given the challenges with education and, and higher learning. Um, seeing the resilience that a lot of students bring to their classroom and then also emblematic of what you have created here for us. Um, I'm I'm excited and I'm hopeful for what is to come.
1: That's awesome. Um, Well, my response is similar to that. I think what brings me hope today is you too and the fact that you joined me on this journey because it was a long shot. I was probably walking into this so naive and like, they're going to say yes and we're gonna it's gonna be so easy and we're gonna do all these things together Um, but just the fact that you both believed in me and agreed to join me on this journey of so much learning and preparation and risk I think for all of us um, just brings me so much hope Um, and in relation to all the mentors that I've thankfully gained so far in my academic journey that have believed in my I don't want to say cause, but have believed in, you know, what I hope to do and what I hope to accomplish. Um, it just makes me believe that, you know, I'm not alone in, in what I believe in. And there's, there is so much work that can be done as long as we, you know, continue to work together towards something, um, and imagine, you know, a better future. So I just want to, again, I'm going to keep thanking you both and I'm it's because I am, I'm so thankful to you both. Um, so why don't we talk about why why this, why a podcast, you know, what is this and why is this, um, as Shada beautifully put it. So like I said before, um, like, it, like it has been said before, um, this podcast was dreamed up to lend a space for rediscovery, reframing, and reaction. Um, I was having these conversations um, during my two courses with with you both um, about how architecture intersects with gender and social justice, um, gender studies and social justice. And I thought, you know, I can't be the only one that has all these questions or all these, you know, thoughts and maybe confusion. And I thought, you know why not why not establish a medium where we all share a space together um, to continue that conversation and open it up to people that have even more um, unique perspectives and hours so that's what we hope to to do with this podcast and and not just live in this audio world but also live you know digitally and be able to interact with our audience. Um, and so we'll explain a little bit of that later on. But um, Manny, if you would so kindly um, maybe explain, you know, why our name is Disrupting Place. Where How did we come to that?
2: We're just gonna mess things up, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay too. Um, but in consideration of, of uh, conversations that we talked about, um, I think it's important when we think about place to think about how we show up to different places, right? Different spaces, socially, culturally, politically, economically, um, based on our identities, right? Um, And I think you both might be familiar with the um, concept of positionality, right? Which is highly connected to intersectionality in, in, in terms of, highlighting our identities and how our identities provide us certain lived experiences based on privilege and oppression. So for example, when I think about disrupting place, I think about how I show up to, for example, this conversation as a gay, cis, Latino, masculine man, for the most part, right? (laughs) Um, And how people uh, perceive my identities and what, I have to say, right? Like my narrative in this place. Um, So I think when I think about disrupting place, I think about the importance of acknowledging and recognizing um, our identities. And when I think about places and space, perhaps used interchangeably, I'm thinking about um, communities, right? Like architectural communities, neighborhoods, college campuses, um, workspaces, our home, uh, family because that is a place too, right? Our mm-hmm. friends, our relationships with others um, to really have broader conversations about systems and how those impact our lives um, to which then we kind of have to, or we are encouraging and we are providing a space to challenge, right? Or reconsider the way that things have been traditionally framed in regards to um, topics of privilege and oppression and discrimination and kind of um, really having our conversations rooted in transformative dialogue perhaps. Um, So we can bring about change, right? Thinking about how do we bring about change? How do we introduce our audience and really educate educate ourselves on um, change can happen? Why aren't these conversations happening, right? The problems exist, And we are perhaps trained on one narrative, right? But there's another side of the conversation, like I often tell students, that needs to be had. And even though those conversations might be uncomfortable, I think that's how we come into our self-authoring identities as as people with multiple identities and perhaps as uh, scholar educators um, into this space. So um, that's what I wanted to share. I encourage you all to add or or, um, edit anything.
1: When we were talking about what we would even name this project, this was probably the part that took the longest, um, really solidifying our presence um, in this space and what it would mean for communities that would be invited into our space. Um, And I think what's interesting for me is this, This new definition of place, especially in an architectural context, we often think of place as just simply a location or simply a project site or simply um, something maybe more one dimensional. And I think that our this space that we're holding with each other is gonna go into so in exploring that it's so much more than that, right? It's within ourselves and it's with each other and it's in this much broader context that has layers and layers and like you said, you know, um, understanding intersectionality's role in that and our positionality in that. Um, especially us as Co-host with each other, right? Like who who we are, um, and who is having the conversation. I think that's important to keep in mind as well. But I just loved this idea of disrupting place, right? That this is our hope is that we're challenging these traditional notions of place and community, and um, you know all these ideas that. Um, especially in the architectural context, are often disregarded, are often put to the side. And I think we're, we all agree that they're intersected with each other. They're so tightly interwoven that it's impossible to set something like that aside. Um, and so hopefully, you know, our conversations moving forward really highlight that. Um, so thank you, Manny. I appreciate your explanation. Um So format moving forward, what are you, our listeners can expect for season one of our show, Disrupting Place. So we have four episodes planned for this season. The next episode will come out at the end of this month, October 2021, um, with myself covering foundational material that will help us as co-hosts and you as audience member comprehend and practice critical thinking skills as we approach more in-depth material. So going over basic definitions and foundational theories that will really help understand the sort of angle that we approach these different conversations in and these different topics in. Um, It'll be almost like a mini boot camp and if you ever want to go back and refer to the episode and make sure that you have a strong understanding of these things, um, you know, it'll always live in our show, so I highly recommend listening to that episode, especially because I think that as these conversations continue to be had in an architectural space that isn't accustomed to all those terminologies and, and theories, um, that you have that, you know, on, uh, ready, uh, to go, um, Next month, we will have an episode with each of my co-hosts, so an episode with Shada um, coming up early November in preparation for her beautiful book, and later on, we will have an episode with Manny covering over covering some of my favorite topics in gender studies um, that I think is really critical in understanding, again, how we approach these conversations that we're having with each other, um, and what our perspectives are moving forward. Um, and in December, 2021, we really hope to have a live episode, um, sharing a space with all of you, our audience, um, whether it's asking everyone, um, all of us questions about um, topics that we covered this season, or maybe, um, going more into depth into what those things mean to, you and your positionality maybe as a practitioner in the field or maybe as someone that's completely outside of both fields. Um, Whatever it may be, we hope to share that space with you all and add that as our closer for season one. And again, moving forward, the show is set as an open and educational conversation. So it's always going to be based in knowledge that we can rely on and expertise that we each bring to the table um, and everything that's related to architecture and social justice. So it's never just going to stay in this small world. Um, What's beautiful, I think, about all of these things is that it touches every aspect of our lives and there's always a conversation to be had um, about these things. So Shada, why don't you share, you know, how people can reach out to us and keep up with us?
0: Absolutely. So we are super excited to share that we have an Instagram set up for our podcast. You can visit at disrupting place to find resources and readings that go along with each episode to know when our next episode comes out and to communicate with us. We are hoping to grow disrupting place in community with you. And that absolutely includes answering all of your questions and incorporating Mm -hmm. your suggestions into each episode. To reach out, please directly message us on Instagram at Disrupting Place.
1: Yes, we have our little Instagram. That's going to be our little landing page, our little world. So we're very excited about this project. So if you ever want to reach out to us, you know, kindly message us and let us know if you have any suggestions. Um, And hopefully you'll look forward to all the posts that we have are going to be summarizing again who we are, how you can reach out to us and what you can look forward to in the future.
0: All right, we're at the end. Can you believe it? It kind of zoomed by. It really today. <laughs> I'm so excited and thrilled to just be on this journey and to have the next conversation with with all of you. I yeah, I really thought that we would be here for like 2 hours and I'd be like, "Oh my god, like how are we going
1: to cut this down?" <laughs> I have to say congratulations to all of us. I think we all did a fantastic job. Except me. I had so many tough te- technical issues, but we'll magically make that work.
2: <laughs> Tenderness.
1: <laughs> Tenderness. You're right. Thank you for that reminder. Um does anyone want to say anything before I do this outro?
0: Just if you can, like, if this could be a part that stays in just like tremendous gratitude. I know from on behalf of of Manny and myself to you, Ashley, for really just dreaming this up, number one, (laughs) number two, advocating for the dream, coming to us, having this conversation and really spearheading and organizing all of this. So we're just thrilled to be in community and collaboration and conversation with you. And for folks listening, like we are just like making hearts on the screen. <laughs> we are ASL clapping on the screen. So there's just lots of love and excitement going on here. And we're just excited to be in conversation with a larger group of folks too, that are tuning mm-hmm. in with us.
2: I would have to uh, also add that um, you are actually a rising scholar in our department, right? I think that you are setting the tone and, and, and really a precedence and. You are an example student of what we want or what we hope for students to be, right? I think that you uniquely positioned yourself into a space and um, are being visible for uh, women of color in architecture. I know that you and I had a long conversation about that. Mm -hmm. So capitalize on this opportunity, run with it. You have our support um, and we're excited to see what happens or what is next.
1: Thank you both so much. I will be emotional for the rest of the day. Um, But again, I want to say thank you to you both. This will absolutely stay in. I want to say thank you to you both because again, I naively walked into this and I'm so thankful that you both believe in me because I think it's, it's really a message to anyone that That has this dream, this random thought that what if we made this thing happen, right? Um, To really go for it and believe that maybe it could happen. And if they say no, then I'll try a different way, right? Um, But I think thankfully and beautifully, we all saw this as an opportunity to really expand um, beyond our small worlds and and work together towards disrupting place and making a difference in, in all our fields collectively. So... I love you both so much. And now for this outro. This has been Disrupting Place with Ashley, Dr. Shade, and Dr. Manuel. If you enjoyed this episode, support us by subscribing to the show, leaving us a rating and a comment, and sharing it with friends. Support for this podcast comes from Cal Poly Pomona's NOMAS chapter, as well as the Association for Women in Architecture and Design. Thank you so much to our supporters. For resources, readings, and more, please see our show notes and check out our Instagram at disruptingplace, D-I-S-R-U-P-T-I-N-G-P-L-A-C-E. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.